0: Month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you. Are looking for, and the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health/podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health podcast. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Today, I have a very special guest for you. Her name is Dr. Shoshana Underlighter. She's the founder at Enwell. She's a physician, philanthropist, and speaker. She received her medical degree from Oregon Health and Science University in Portland and completed residency at California Pacific Medical Center. She's got a lot going on right now. She's passionate about improving how people are cared for throughout the continuum of life. She started the Underlighter Palliative Care Education Fund to support innovative programs that further palliative care. And she's also a starter of the company, as I told you, and well, very focused in this piece. But on top of that, she's also a producer. She executive produced a film by the name of Endgame, a short documentary on hospice and palliative care. It, it received an Academy Award, uh, well, it was with Academy Award directors Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman. But she also funded Extremis. It's a short documentary about end of life decision making in the intensive care unit. And this film was premiered at Tribeca Film Festival and was nominated for Academy Award and nominated for two Emmy Awards so as you can see here this physician frontline also producer entrepreneur is very passionate about this space and it's with a big pleasure that I welcome Shoshana to the podcast welcome
1: thank you so much for having me
0: it is a pleasure now Shoshana did I leave anything in your intro that you want to share with the listeners
1: Gosh, you covered a lot. I guess my, my only thing that I would add is my favorite hobby is singing karaoke.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. I love it. <laughs> Any favorite songs?
1: Oh man, there's so many. I, I, love, <laughs> I love Whitney Houston. So I want to be awesome. somebody is a, a crowd favorite. Love
0: it. I love it. Yeah, it's a great one. So I love the karaokeing, obviously very focused in this niche of end of life. What would you say, just going back to the root of it all, got you into the medical sector?
1: It was funny. I, I studied, well, I had 10 different majors in college. I was kind of all over the place, everything from Spanish to fine arts to women's studies. I finished college with a degree focused on marine biology and actually thought I was going to pursue a PhD there. And I, and I realized cool. at the very, very end of college that after spending a few months at the Marine Lab on the Oregon coast, that I was not going to be happy uh, studying yeah. little tiny microorganisms floating around in oceans. I, I really wanted to work with people. And yeah. so uh, decided to go the pre med route. So I ended up back in school and uh, then many years later in medical school.
0: <laughs> nice. So you made a really great choice, right? Because obviously you've contributed a lot and you're enjoying what you're doing. Shoshana, what do you think? is a hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today? And how are you and your organization tackling it?
1: Well, uh, the topic that I care the most deeply about is improving the end of life to make it a more human-centered experience. So we have 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every single day in this country. Wow. And even if we were to have- Every day? Every day, yeah. And actually the latest estimates are even higher. So even if we were to have massive breakthroughs in longevity science, never in our- history will such a large number of people die in such a short time span coming from natural causes, right? And to further complicate this, causes of death are now largely chronic conditions that can require Mm -hmm. care for years and years. And I think with the work that I'm doing with the Endwell, which is Endwell Project, which is a nonprofit, is we're coming at this from a few different angles. You know, we started in thinking about medical education reform to train uh, clinicians in how to have conversations with patients about prognosis, about goals of care, about palliative medicine fundamentals. Um, and we continue to support that, but we also realize that a broader societal shift you know, needs to take place. And I firmly believe that dying is not a medical issue. It's a human issue. So we've created a a media platform and we support an annual international symposium, which convenes people from the worlds of tech, of Mm. healthcare, of policy, education, patient advocacy, the media, arts, and faith communities to really create an interdisciplinary network and try to develop human-centered solutions for the end-of-life experience. So we're kind of, I like to say, we're bringing in the creative experts the technical experts and the life experts into one room.
0: Love that. And, and you bring a really good distinction. You know, it's it's end of life. It's not a medical condition. It's a life thing. It happens. So what message would you give to the folks listening about end of life and how they address this?
1: Gosh, it it somewhat depends on uh, you know, where, where you're coming from in terms of the conversation. But I to me, I think it first starts with personally reflecting on what matters most to you as a human being as sort of how you live your life and then having a conversation about that with the people that you love we know that critical conversations are not taking place Mm -hmm. to make sure that the care people get is care that they really want and i'm talking health care and care otherwise and so i think the more that people can be thinking about this and talking about it, it gets them closer to making sure that Um, those things are aligned for them.
0: It's a great, great message there, Shoshana. Can you give the listeners an example of how Endwell is creating results and doing things differently to improve outcomes?
1: Absolutely. So Endwell is a nonprofit. And one thing I've learned is that we're really, really siloed in our approach to problem solving around the end-of-life experience. I think doctors talk to other doctors. And then you have the hospice people talking to other hospice people. And of course, insurers speak to insurers and the policymakers speak to policymakers and nobody seems to be talking to patients. And, And while we are all in agreement that our healthcare system is broken, the majority of what we propose as solutions is to rearrange or just to fine tune what we already have. I think we've really internalized the idea that specifically death is a medical issue. So we keep looking for medical solutions. And I think what's unique about Endwell is that we're really focused on bringing diverse voices, a real interprofessional group of people together to listen and to learn from each other. And our symposium, which this year is December 6th in San Francisco, is to really create a cultural shift that supports new collaborations, new systems, protocols, and even products that foster new and existing networks of support and this really hasn't been done before in this particular arena and we've been successful in terms of the metrics that we're looking at so Endwell 2017 was our inaugural event we sold out three months beforehand and had several hundred people on our waiting list to attend we just that blew our minds that this was a topic that people really wanted to dive into our hashtag, you know, on Twitter, hashtag endwell17 reached over 10 million Twitter impressions in 20 states and 15 countries in a matter of hours. We had CNBC, NPRs on being, San Francisco magazine all cover our event. So that shows us just in terms of reach that the people are really wanting to engage in this content related to end of life. And so we're going to keep going.
0: That's awesome. No, thank you for that, Shoshana. And folks, if end of life is on your mind, you definitely need to check out the conference that's coming up in December. It's the endwellproject.org. If you look up endwellproject.org, you'll find information there. It's coming up. It's in San Francisco. Definitely one that you'll want to miss you won't want to miss especially if you're wanting to surround yourself with the thought leaders in this space and and to shoshana's point right knock down those silos or or connect the silos at least to be able to make some strides in this space because it's definitely needed give us an example shoshana of a time when you had a setback i feel like we learn more from these setbacks what did you learn from that setback
1: absolutely well you know, I think what I want to share is maybe not necessarily a setback, but something that early on we realized. I first started off my career around philanthropy thinking about medical education reform. What mm-hmm. I knew was residency training and that there were major gaps, or maybe mm-hmm. we'll just call them opportunities for training providers in communication skills, in palliative care fundamentals. And so I thought, well, if we can train all, all healthcare Providers in sort of how to have these really important conversations with patients in a more effective manner, and if they have an understanding of palliative care, like that will improve outcomes. And I think that that's very true. But I really quickly realized that scale and sustainability were going to be huge issues. Thinking about the many, many programs around the country, each have their own ways of funding, of thinking about curriculum, of thinking about these issues, frankly, and if. I'm somebody that, you know, has bigger goals for change and I want to have this happen in my lifetime, right? So I really shifted my focus, my time, my energy, my resources to tackle some of these issues from the consumer side. And I realized that that was what I'm betting on. It was Mm -hmm. going to be more impactful. So I've gotten much more involved in documentary film as a vehicle for sharing this information and sparking conversation and creating the Endwell platform um, really as mm-hmm. focused on culture shift.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and Shoshana, I love, I love that you saw that, right? I mean, you, you were like, okay, I'm gonna aim at these institutions, this, these educational institutions and quickly just saw that, wait a minute, I wanna scale this and I don't see it happening. So you made a quick shift and went to the consumer And I love that you did that and did it in such a creative way. I mean, you went to the documentary space. I mean, what sparked that idea?
1: Well, the idea was already happening. So, you know, it turned out that uh, a good friend of mine, a friend and colleague, Dr. Jessica Zitter, um, and I were having coffee and she mentioned Uh she's an ICU doc and also practices palliative medicine. And she and I were having coffee and she said, listen, did I ever tell you they're filming a documentary in the ICU about end of life? And I said no. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, that (laughs) sounds incredible. So she connected me with the director, and they had spent several months actually already Mm. filming at the Highland Hospital in Oakland. And uh, he sent me like a five-minute rough cut, and I was totally blown away by what he captured. You know, Mm. film is not something that I had studied in school or even knew much about, but I just when I saw those. That really brief footage. I just thought, gosh, like this is a story that needs to be told, and he's mm-hmm. captured it in such an amazing way. And I, I've always felt that we need to let people in to what it's really like to be seriously ill in a setting like the ICU, so that they understand, you know, maybe what they're signing up for, or maybe that they don't want that, or yes. you know, at least to empower people with some information so that they can make the best decision for themselves about what they might want. Should that issue arise? And so I funded that film and never in a million years did I think that it would take off like it did. I think we just got really lucky and our filmmaker, Dan Krauss just did an amazing
0: job. That's awesome, Shoshana. And listeners, think of yourself as a coffee table right now. You're sitting here with with Shoshana, with me. You're hearing this, this topic of end of life. We're connecting silos right now as we speak. So don't wait. This is an opportunity. Don't wait and do something about it, right? If you're looking to make, make something better happen within the space of end of life, do it now. So Shoshana, you pivoted, you had some great, great success. What would you say one of your proudest medical leadership experiences or moments that you've had to date are?
1: Gosh, well, I don't know if this is a medical leadership experience, but getting to go to the Oscars was pretty unbelievable. (laughs) That's pretty Uh, cool. (laughs) Yeah, Extremis, which is on Netflix, was nominated last year. So that really blew my mind. I was also... Named Woman of the Year by the Women's Healthcare Executives of Northern oh,
0: congratulations. a
1: few months ago. So that was really a wonderful, more healthcare-focused experience. But yeah, it's been a wild ride the last few years. That's for sure.
0: That's awesome. And you know, the message here, listeners, is like Shoshana, right? She was mission-focused. She was outcome-centered. And there's so many ways that you could get the word out and share your passion and your solution. It could be a medical device. It could be a process. It could be a documentary in this case. Who knows? You may be sitting next to Shoshana at those awards next time, right? (laughs) Um, But just do it. And so, Shoshana, what would you say right now in the midst of all the things that you've got going on, great things that you've got going on, is an exciting project or focus that you want to talk to us about?
1: Yeah. So our second film, a different team of of filmmakers, I executive produced called Endgame, which you mentioned earlier about hospice and palliative care. And that was done by Academy Award-winning directors Jeffrey Friedman and Rob Epstein just came out on Netflix. And we're, we're actually launching a national impact campaign focused on education related to the film, both for medical professionals and for the general public. So We're hosting screenings across the country with a a curriculum to help spark these important conversations related to advanced care planning, to discussions of mortality, and and really what it means for all of us to live well until the very end. So I'm really excited about that. We'll be sort of screening it around the country over the next six to nine months, and people can actually host their own screenings so that you don't need us. You can actually just (laughs) log in and um, get some folks together to watch it and talk about it.
0: Now, this is super exciting. So for the Endwell film, is this something that listeners that want to know more, where can they go for this?
1: Absolutely. There's a couple places, but probably the most straightforward is the Endgame documentary website. So the film itself streams on Netflix. So you just type okay. in Endgame on your Netflix account. But if you want to read or um, check out the resources cool. for the documentary, that's on our documentary's website, which is Endgame.com. Documentary.com.
0: Awesome. So simple, check it out on your Netflix or endgame.com slash documentary?
1: No, it's actually endgame documentary.com.
0: Oh, got it. Endgame-documentary.com. There you have it, folks. And what we'll do too is we'll, we'll provide you links to this, this film on the show notes to the podcast. So make sure you, you check that out. So we're getting close to the end here, Shoshana. Let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 of Dr. Shoshana. Ungerlider. And so I've got four questions, lightning round style, for you, followed by your favorite book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yep. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
1: Well, I think aligning incentives to achieve the quadruple aim, which is improving patient experience, creating better population health, lowering the cost of care, all while increasing the joy and well being of providers.
0: Love that. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
1: Well, I think the best way to avoid mistakes or pitfalls is to constantly ask yourself, is what I'm doing today serving my overall goal or my Mm -hmm. mission? I think it's easy to get distracted and off track. So constantly reevaluating that is really
0: important. It's a great, great tip there. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
1: Gosh, I think there's so many ways to think about this. For me, in terms of focusing on culture change, I think figuring out how to best leverage social media and staying current, which we don't always do the best job of in healthcare. You know, On LinkedIn, there's uh, 250 million monthly active users, Twitter's 330 million. And then at the, as of early this year, Facebook had 2.19 billion monthly active users. So I think leveraging, if we're thinking about culture change, leveraging the world of, of social media.
0: Love that. What's one area of focus that should drive everything in an organization?
1: Well, I think I can tell you what what we're focused on. We want all care, healthcare or otherwise, to be aligned with people's goals and values of how they live their lives. And our end goal as a nonprofit is actually to go out of business or to shut our doors because we're (laughs) no longer needed, right? That's the the end goal.
0: Love that. So what would you say your favorite book is, Shoshana?
1: I have several, but the one I would recommend is Being Mortal, if you haven't already read it, by uh, Dr. Atul Gawande.
0: Love that. Folks, check out all the resources provided by Shoshana here. The syllabus that we just put together, go to outcomesrocket.health slash endwell. And you're going to find all that there as well as a transcript of our discussion today. Shoshana, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could follow or get in touch with you.
1: Sure. You know, I'd like to challenge listeners out there, to think about reframing our conversations in healthcare. So what if the entire healthcare system was geared toward asking patients one question? And that question is, what are your goals and values of how you want to live your life? And then tailoring all care based on the answers to that question. And whether it's about treating high blood pressure, diabetes, or talking about serious illness and end of life, I think this is a way to shift our thinking and move forward. And you, you can, thank you. You can reach me at uh, ShoshanaUngerLighter.com or if you can't spell that, which I know it's hard, <laughs> on Twitter at uh, md. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Haven't yet figured out Snapchat, but I'm available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Listeners, there you have it. Shoshana has provided several ways, several channels to get in touch with her and her work. Take action. Do your part to make this end of life process better for your patients, for your loved ones. And uh, I think in this interview, we've provided multiple ways for you to take action. So whether it be Shoshana's uh, documentaries, the upcoming documentary, or just checking out her conference, do something about it. It's, it's definitely a great opportunity for all of us to tackle. So Shoshana, just want to say a big thank you to you for sharing your mind, your heart with us. And we're really excited to keep up with your work. Thank
1: you so much. It was great to chat with you.